About a year ago, a family member came to me and said, I really want to start a website. And we talked about a topic and he decided that he was going to start a a website showing coaches some drills they can do for their soccer practice, football practice, back to basketball practice, just drills and practices. And I thought that was an awesome idea for a website. It's something you could start a great podcast on, something people could be a fan of. It's something people would pay money for. I thought it was great. And then as he started working through uh, getting the preparatory steps for his website, he said, so what am I going to do about SEO? How am I going to rank well in Google? And he suggested a few things, buying links, getting uh, some link building techniques. And I said, you know what? Forget about search engine optimization. Forget about trying to rank high in Google by doing those tricks. If you want to do well in Google, you're going to make content that shocks people that it is free. It needs to be just so surprising that you're giving all of that information for free that people will love the website. Now, what does that mean for Google? If Google sees that people are come to your website and then they come back and back and back and they come to see one article and they read more and more and more and they come come to a page and they stay on it for five minutes and they click all the links, when Google sees all those kind of kind of results from the people who have come to your website, it's going to help you to rank high. And you can do a lot of things wrong, a lot of the SEO tricks wrong, but if you really, truly delight every single person that comes to your website, I promise you, Google is going to notice. I've done just about every SEO tactic out there, except for the black hat stuff that I just don't mess with. I've tried just about everything out there, and nothing gives me the return on investment that just producing good content does. So my family member said, Okay, that may sound a little bit too rosy for reality, but 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 I'll I'll uh, I'll play with you for a minute. So so what would I do then to make people so surprised by my by my exercises and drills that they would actually stay on my website and click all the links and become a fan so that Google will notice that? And I said, okay, it, just let's pretend you just are you just searched for football drills. Now you come to the first result, you just click on Google. What would you expect to see to see there? And he said, well, I'd probably expect to see maybe a post of like top 15 drills to do for football. And I said, okay, now describe more. What exactly does the post look like? And he said, well, there's probably a nice big stock photo at the start and uh, the titles are bolded and then there's a little description underneath and probably has about 15 tips and yeah, that's about what I'd expect to see. And I said, yeah, you're right. Now, if you see that, that's just what you expect. That's not going to shock anybody. They're not going to be so amazed by that free resource that they're going to go out and tell their friends. They aren't going to click all the links and stay on your website for 15 minutes seeing what other information you're going to have. They're going to grab the information and they're going to be gone, absolutely gone. So, what could you possibly see on that page that would just really surprise you? And he said, well, if I'm a coach, it'd be really nice if I could take the ideas with me. So maybe if they had an app showing all of the basketball drills, but that's probably a little crazy. And I said, yes, that is crazy. But what if you were the one person who made that app so that 
uh, at the end of the post, it just said, hey, download our free app. I see you're on an iPhone. Download our free app that has all of the, the soccer drills right there for you. Yeah, that'd be crazy. And I said, well, that might be cost a little bit too much money to do for a blog post, right? So what if you just made a really nicely formatted PDF? That would be easy to download to an iPhone, and then you could scroll through it during practice and get all the ideas that you like. That'd be an easy way to implement something like that. And yeah, that is a good idea. And I said, so then what if we do a little video? And instead of trying to explain, you got to read through every one, there was just a 15 second video for each one of these tips that displayed the proper form and exactly how it's done so that you get a better visual of what to do. That would save the people some time, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. And we went through all kinds of ideas that if you had actually landed on this page, it would be so useful for any coach that they would have to talk about it. They would have to bookmark the page. And that is what makes a great website. There are millions or maybe even billions of websites out there. And if you want your website to stick out from the crowd and you want to gain a following, you can either spend all day long trying to game Google and see how what tricks you can do to make your website show up a little bit higher, or you can go out there and design shockingly helpful content. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's get started. Let's make today the day you start the business that will change your life. You'll learn how at Income School. Income School is about taking your income into your own hands by creating a website that people will love, building a following, and earning a living online. And now your host, Jim Harmer. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode five of the Income School podcast. I am so excited about what Income School is becoming. Every blog post I write, I just think, man, if somebody had told me this three and a half years ago, I would be so far ahead of where I am. I spent so much time learning all these things by trial and error. Now, today you're going to read about something that you're going to hear about something that I just wasted a ton of time doing, and that was SEO. As I mentioned in the intro, you are going to get so much of of a better return by just making shockingly helpful content. You want to surprise people by what they're getting on your website. And I want to walk you through today some ideas of exactly how you can do that so that you can think, I want you at the end of this episode to have the actual light bulb of, okay, I'm building this feature or I'm having this information on my website. And once you have that, I think you're going to have the beginning of a really powerful website. So the first question I want you to ask yourself is what is the kind of information that someone has to research to hunt down to find in your industry? Just earlier today, I I am an avid archer. I love doing archery. And so just today, I spent some time researching how to fletch an arrow, to put the little feathers, the little veins on the back of the arrow, because I'm getting tired of taking it to the shop and and paying $3 an arrow to have the shop fletch it. So I wanted to learn how to do it myself. So my first Google search, and this is one thing that I do actually pretty often. Here's just a quick tip is when you're looking for keywords, 
sometimes I'll go into my Google history. If you just type in Google, just type Google history, the first result is going to be your web history. And now this is so cool because you can look back to six months ago, a year ago, and find out what your Google searches were for a different topic. So let's say I'm, I'm, I want to, a few months from now, I decide, hey, you know what? I'd like to start a blog about archery and I'd like to share the information that I'm learning on there. Well, great. If I decide to do that, I just go to my Google history and I look back what exact keywords did I search when I wanted to learn how to fletch an arrow. And so I see those keywords and I'm just looking at them right now. And I see my, my first search was, how do I fletch my own arrows? That was what I typed into Google. And I found some gen- general information. And basically from that result, I found I needed to get a glue. I needed to get a fletching jig to hold the vein onto the arrow. And then I needed to buy the actual fletchings. And there were a variety of options. Okay, great. Read one post. And as soon as I read that, I was gone because I was ready for another topic. Now, it wouldn't take a genius to know the the webmaster who wrote the article about uh, how to fletch your own arrows, well, he knows that the next thing every person is going to do who reads that article is they're going to search the next similar question, such as what's the best fletching jig? What are the best veins to choose? Which glue will dry the fastest? Those are all things that I'm going to type in and anybody who writes that search query is going to do the same thing. So your job, if you're going to make a website that's surprisingly helpful, is to anticipate the questions and tell them before they ever ask you. That is an incredibly powerful skill to have. And so if I were making a website about this, I would write the general information post. And then at the very bottom of it, I would have a big red button that says, now let me walk you through choosing a fletching jig. Bingo! How many people are going to are gonna click that? A hundred percent! Because you know that's the next thing they're going to want to know. And so they go on to that. And then at the bottom of that post, you say, now let me walk you through how to apply the glue and what the best glue is. I've tried just about all of them. This is the best one that won't ruin your arrows. Bing! And I'm on to the next one. Uh, it, it's just incredible what a resource you can create if you think about making your website surprisingly helpful. And I say surprisingly helpful because how often is it that you really find that kind of information on the web? It's so rare that I read an entire post, every word of it, and then I see, oh, great, they have the next step for me. Uh, That just never happens. We always just find these tiny little 10 tips for fletching your jig, you're fletching your arrow, and that's it. And they leave you out to dry. They leave you with all the questions that they know you have and they're not solving for you. Or if they're solving them, they're writing them in disparate blog posts scattered all across the website and you're going to have to spend the next half an hour hunting for the answers. So if you want to make your website surprisingly helpful, surprisingly, them by anticipating their question. So think about the niche that you've decided you're going to work on and think about what are some topics that people are going to have to research to understand, not just look for a quick piece of information like what's the diameter of a typical arrow shaft. That's just a quick fix kind of information. What's something that I'm going to have to research and ask question after question after question? That's the first thing I want you to think of. If you can think of that topic, you got a great candidate for long form content. The next question is, what could you create 
that would make your users trust you more. Now, this is one that's uh, difficult to do because usually when people try to build trust online, they talk themselves up. They tell everybody why their website is so awesome. I just listened to a podcast yesterday that's one of the first archery website, archery podcasts I could find. It looks like a newer one, and it, it just talks, the guy just talks about himself and why he has so many credentials over and over and over. And I would have much more trust in him if he just showed me his knowledge and not tried to um, convince me of that, to tell him, tell me all his credentials. Just show me your information. Show me that you're doing the tests and, and then I'm going to be a lot more impressed with you. So, What's a way you can you can tell users that they can trust you? Well, one of my favorite things is that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the podcast is a tools section and being really clear about who is paying for the website. So one thing that I'll write constantly on my website is if I recommend a product, if, if it's not an affiliate link, if I'm not getting a kickback from the company for recommending it, I'll just write, you know, uh, and I use Easton Axis arrows, you know, and then I'll put in quotation marks or in uh, parentheses after that. And that's not affiliate an affiliate link. Nobody's paying me to say that. Just that little phrase putting all over your website every time you're using a non-affiliate link, it really buys a lot of trust. And I keep going about the archery example, but it's a, a niche that I've been really frustrated with lately as I'm trying to learn more about it. And the resources out there are pathetic. I, I mean, it's just a very underserved niche. And one thing that I, I had the exact same question today, and maybe because I know a little bit more about how these websites work and how they earn money is I saw somebody's recommendation for a particular arrow and I thought, okay, is he being paid to say that? Is he being sponsored by the company or is this really what his favorite arrow is? And I, I wasn't sure. And so I didn't trust that person. Moved on, tried to find somebody who provide an unbiased review. Just his recommendation meant nothing if he couldn't tell me if there were any ulterior motives for that. So if you can be trusted on a particular topic, make sure people know about that. Um, another thing that I do sometimes is I'll tell people the kind of work that I put into a blog post. One thing that I did at the top of one of my very most popular posts I've ever written on on any of my websites was I wrote a, a post comparing different printing companies. And it, like if you take a picture with your camera and you want to print out a photo of that, I tested, you know, Walmart and Target and, and Snapfish and Shutterfly and some of the pro print labs and things like that. And I just I purchased prints from all of them. It cost me about 250 bucks to purchase the same prints from a bunch of different companies and then compare which ones had the the very best results. And if you happen to be interested in that, you can go to improvephotography.com slash print test, and then you'll know where to print your photos, but that has nothing to do with this topic. Um, so at the top of that post, I just wrote, I hope you guys appreciate this post because I just spent 250 bucks of my own money so that I could tell you what the very be best printing company is. Hope you enjoy the post. And I've had just such a huge response from that, uh, from that test. And surprisingly, I had very few people, you know, they're always trolls that are like, you did the test wrong, you know, something like that. I just had very little pushback because I think it started out how you would tell a friend, you know, hey, I, I just helped you out. I'm doing something to help you or 
Sometimes if I'm recording a, a photography tutorial when I'm on location, I'll say, hey guys, you know, this is Jim Harmer from improvephotography.com. I'm here on location and it's negative 10 degrees today. I hope you appreciate this video because I'm freezing my butt off to teach you this photography technique. Just little things like that, just showing the kind of work that you're doing for them, telling them that you're, you're working 40 hours a week to help them and letting them know that you're there for them. That buys a lot of trust in your brand. I mean, that just does a ton. One thing that I did at the start of improvephotography.com that I, I can't do now because there are just millions of people coming to the website is I, I had my email address at the bottom of every post. And I said, if you have any questions, email me. And I did it for about, I think it was about eight months to a year that every question that any reader had, I answered. And I, I can't do that now. There's just absolutely no way. There aren't enough hours in the day to answer that many questions. But that really helped me to build an audience. So show your users that they can trust you by showing them that you're working hard for them. Now, the next question I think is really powerful. So pay careful attention to it and think about how you can implement it. Think about your niche. Think about your your quote-unquote competitors that I don't usually like to think of them that way. But think of other websites that are writing about the same topic as you. Now, think about how they're making money. You know, in, in the photography space, people uh, make money by doing online classes from ebooks, from uh, selling presets and other software, by selling products related to photography, actual physical products. I mean, there are just a million different ways that you can earn money. You can earn money by advertising, by affiliate deals. There are a lot of different options. So think in your space what the big 800-pound gorilla is. Who has the best product out there that people want? And then how could you possibly make that and give it out for free? Now, I'm applying that right now at Income School. I haven't yet launched any kind of product for Income School, but when I do, I, I, the way that I've decided my product, and I'm not going to reveal it yet, is I want to um, recreate what somebody's doing in the photography space but this time I'm going to do it for free and give it out to everybody so that I can build some trust. Now, eventually I'll do products that I do charge for, but I'm thinking about how are people making money in this space and then I'm offering those kind of things for free. And let me give you an example of what I'm doing with that with photography. Now, in photography, kind of the big thing is workshops where, you know, a, a professional photographer like myself flies to a, a location, maybe to Yosemite or to uh, Acadia National Park, and they have a group of 10 to 20 people who come there and stay for four or five days and learn photography on location so they can actually help you with things right there. Now, workshops are incredibly expensive. A, a good professional photographer charges, oh, about two to $4,000 per person for this two or three day workshop. Now, that, that's a good chunk of change for the photographer. I mean, you could easily make $20,000 from a workshop. Some people make them more profitable and some people less profitable, but, but for the good photographers, that, that's their main source of income is, is teaching these workshops. And so I thought, okay, what could I do to make that workshop experience free? And I thought, okay, I'm going to gonna go crazy. I'm going to, I started a travel group for my website, a little Facebook community group, different from my Facebook page, just a group. 
And I, I mentioned on my podcast and on the website, hey, if you'd like to get a, a free photography workshop, I'm going to be going to different locations all around the world this year, and I'd love it if you'd come and join me. Uh, it's not going to be as structured as a typical workshop, but I'm going to be there and I'll help you and we'll walk you through the photos and learn from each other and let's do it. It has been just tremendously popular that now uh, we have quite a few of these uh, photography trips planned with my community. Uh, it's doing so much for them to teach them photography, but it's also really helping my business because it means I'm getting out and taking photos in beautiful locations, and it means I'm, I get actual face-to-face -face time with my community to really help engage those people and turn them into raving fans. And I get lots of photos that when I take those photos, I can share them online on the Facebook page and they always get spread really well. So I've, I've taken what others are charging for and I'm making it absolutely free. If somebody in your space is just is selling video tutorials, then get out there and make those same kind of content for free and let people know about it. That can be an incredible way to win people over to your website is take what other people are charging for and make it free. It's easy when we're working with digital products because there's no cost to spread that video or that ebook. It only takes your time. Now, I mentioned earlier something about a tools section of my website, and I think there are Almost every website on the planet should have a tools website, should have a tools section. What I mean by that is every niche is going to have some kind of equipment or resources you need. Let's say we're writing about uh, homeschool. We, we have a, a website about homeschool. Well, you could have a tools section of your website where you write about the best series of books for your kids, where to buy the best lesson plans, uh, reviewing science projects for kids, you know, a little science kit, reviewing online resources like Khan Academy and stuff like that. If you just break that down to, hey, I have tried everything out there and these are the best resources for teaching your kids school at home. That saves people a tremendous amount of time and it buys trust because you're just giving unbiased reviews. You're just saying, hey, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Now, most people expect to see a thousand, you know, they'll have a reviews section of their website and it's like, oh yay, I can read through a thousand blog posts and they'll tell me what they think of every book and every product ever made. Ah, nobody wants that. They just want you to break it down and tell me what is the best book for homeschooling. Just boil it down. For photography, I could write a review of every camera that ever comes out or I could just write one post and I've tried every DSLR that's out there. There's no DSLR that I haven't tried and I mean that. Uh, I'm just going to write a blog post that says, hey, these are my favorite cameras. Good, better, best. Just pick however much money you want to spend, how much you want to spend and buy that camera. You're going to be happy with it. This is why I like it and walk them through it. There are thousands of lenses for photographers to choose. And instead of providing a thousand lens reviews that nobody wants to read, I'm just going to write, hey, these are the best 10 lenses for Canon cameras. And I put that information out there. Now, something so interesting happened. As I started to do this, this travel group and meet up with my audience face-to-face, -face, and I actually get to, got to start spending some time with the people that read my website. Some of them have been reading for years. It always started like this. Jim, I love your podcast. 
very rarely do they say, I love your website. It's the podcast that really is what they connect to the brand. And then they all say, I, I, I guess what I really like about it the most is that you just have so many unbiased reviews of just letting me know what to use. It's the tools section. Uh, that's what everybody is loving on my website is that tools section. It also makes a fair amount of money every month because I link over to Amazon as an Amazon associate and it makes about $3,000 every single month. No matter what camera I choose, I get the same percentage. So it's an unbiased review, but I, it's, it's buying customer loyalty of the loyalty of my fans, but it's also bringing in some money. So no matter what niche you're in, if you're selling vacuum cleaners, uh, I, I don't care what you're doing. There's going to be some kind of tools or resources. Make a section of your website dedicated to that. That's one way that I've found to be surprisingly helpful. Now, another project that I'm working on right now, and this is just to kind of inspire you and help you uh, think about what kind of resource you could make on your own website. I I want you to have a ton of ideas of things you could do by the end of this podcast. So another project that I'm working on is I can give my, you know, recommendation of the 10 best lenses, but once you're a professional photographer, you really want to know everything about different lenses. So somebody may have a Nikon camera that's a full frame camera. That's a different kind of lens that it needs. And they want to shoot wildlife photography and they have a budget of $5,000. Now, if I could ask you those questions, you know, what kind of camera do you shoot? What's your budget? What kind of, what type of photography do you want to do? Uh, if, if I can ask you those questions, I know what lens you want. There just aren't that many options out there. I can tell you exactly when, which one you want. If I could ask you those three or four questions. So I used to do a ton of answering that kind of question. Somebody would call into the podcast and I'd give them the answer and I somebody would write me an email and I'd give them the answer. And so I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool if I made a section of my website that was a lens genie that somebody could come there and it would say, you know, what kind of camera do you have? And a little drop down box and they pick Sony and I'd say, all right, what is it a full frame or a crop sensor full frame? And what kind of photography do you want to shoot? I want to shoot portraits of people and great. Boom. Here are your recommendations. You have five options. This, this is my favorite of them. And it, you know, depending on your budget, this is, I would pick this one. If you have more budget, I'd pick this one. Just break it down for people so simply. Now for me, that, that means I need to create, I've already mapped this out about 140 different answers and I want to make them all videos so I can say Canon wildlife camera for a full frame camera that you're going to spend $2,000. Boom. Here's your video of exactly the lens you want. Uh, and it's going to make a, take a lot of time to build that out. And I'm going to have to get a developer to make the functionality that they can answer the questions and go to the right page. But can you imagine how useful that's going to be to a photographer who has spent all day reading random blog posts and just wants to know what lens to choose? I have the information. I can't spend that much time with every reader on my website, but I can make a resource that will walk them through it. So make your website surprisingly helpful. I hope that the ideas and and questions that from this episode will get your mind really turning. No matter what niche you're in, I want you to think about how can you surprise people with the information that you have on your website. And that is when you have the idea that's going to make some money. Class dismissed. When you're serious about launching your website, 
Check out Jim's free step-by-step -step tutorials at IncomeSchool.com. Income School is a production of Improv Photography, LLC. Any opinions expressed by guests and callers do not reflect those of Improv Photography, LLC. Results mentioned not typical. Some links mentioned are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Some calls simulated. Improv Photography, LLC is not a law firm and does not give legal or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a competent licensed CPA or lawyer licensed in your jurisdiction before making business decisions.